2: You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Bronco's Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now, it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're
3: live, but we got to let it breathe just for a moment here while we bring on Facebook. Get everybody under the same roof here, and we can start tonight's show in earnest and... We're good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up Podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, as always, my partner in crime, my fellow football priest, and the deputy editor of milehighhuddle.com. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, it was good. We got a lot of weird stuff to kind of talk about today. Um, I mean, we went from kind of being stuck in neutral to going zero to 60, right, In, in uh, on Monday, day one of legal tampering. But As far as anything Bronco-related, true news that you could sink your teeth into, it all started with George Payton doing the right thing and locking down Shelby Harris
1: on a three-year deal. Shelby got paid. I, I'm, I've never really been happier for a Broncos player to get a long, multi-year, lucrative contract than I am for Shelby Harris. Chad, I've been on this bandwagon since 2019. He's been one of the Broncos' best, most clutch players in that time. And what I love about the deal, not only does it give it to give him financial security, getting a little ahead of myself here, nine million a year, uh, I think fifteen guaranteed, twenty-seven overall. It only makes him by overall value, the 22nd highest paid interior interior defensive lineman in the NFL. So he got what he wanted. The Broncos locked down one of their young core studs, even though he's entering his age 30 season. And also the Broncos did not break the bank. I cannot say the same, though, for their second signing, which we will get to after the break. But Shelby Harris, I am so, so happy he got his, Chad. He's the guy that's going to make the Broncos feel good about the investment this season by producing what he normally does, Chad, which is plays. It's all he knows. Playmaker. That's right, man. When the chips are down and you need a play, that's what Shelby's
3: good for. And, you know, I had my misgivings on whether or not he was going to get paid. I mean, I was hopeful that he would get paid and buy the Broncos, but, you know, he – well, just to rewind it real quick to kind of celebrate this triumph for Shelby, he left the 2019 season fully expecting to get paid because he had a very productive season as a sack artist, and then he got out there and no one was willing to show him the money, so he re-signs in Denver on a on a one-year three million some odd deal, and basically the message to Shelby was show us that you're more than a, a third-down pass rusher, and so he did, you know, and he got off to a really good start, stuffing the run. Got a couple, two, three sacks early in the season, tipping balls, doing his thing, and then he gets the bug, right? The bug cost him four weeks, right dead center in the middle of the season. You're like, man, what terrible, terrible, terrible timing for Shelby. Comes back, and you could tell he, he didn't quite have the same impact when he came back, and then he suffered that knee. I think it was week 16, and the Broncos were like, look, we're out of the playoffs. Screw it. Let's just put him on IR and bring a guy off You know that we can – get a, a young guy to get a look at. And then here we are. I'm just glad it happened because he is so deserving. And I think that's going to give him a boost, Zach, and, and the D-line room a little bit of a, of a boost, knowing that, you know, their leader in that
1: room is back. It should give the whole team a boost because the Broncos are finally showing a commitment, Chad, to one of their own. A homegrown guy who's developed by the Broncos, has succeeded with the Broncos, and earned a lucrative contract with the Broncos. The next order of business is to do the same thing with Justin Simmons for George Payton in his first year, Chad. I love the moves that he's made. Again, we'll get into the Ronald Darby signing after the break. I'm not wild about that, but in terms of Shelby Harris— for a first year GM, a rookie G- GM to come in and do what Elway did not or would not or could not do and pay Shelby Harris. I love the move. It's a, it's a, a team building maneuver, in my opinion. It's going to give the Broncos, the young players hope. And then, okay, you know what? If I'm good, if I perform, if I bust my ass, they're going to reward me as well. That's how it should be. I love with a capital L, this deal for Shelby Harris. Shelby got paid. Amen. So much to get to, not just the Darby
3: signing. We'll we'll touch on that, break it down in depth, see how you guys are reacting to both those moves. Also, a couple other rumors that are going around, what we're hearing the latest on the Von Miller situation. Is anything going to change on Kareem Jackson? We're going to get to all that here in just a moment. First, though, all right, a couple other quick matters. We'll dive right back in. Hopefully, you guys are following the podcast page on Facebook so that you can get in on the giveaway This week, we will announce the giveaway winner on Wednesday. As long as you're both liking and following Huddle Up Podcast Facebook page, you're going to be entered into win randomly to this drawing this week. And we're going to continue to do this week after week. So take care of that. It's easy to find. Open up the app. Search Huddle Up Podcast. Not hard to find. We'd love it if you connect with us on Twitter as well, at Huddle Up Pod. The main account, at Mile High Huddle. That's how you keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening in Broncos country and with your team in real time. My partner here, Zach Kelberman, on Twitter, at KelbermanNFL. Myself, at Chad N. Jensen. And our producer, you know him as Buona Beast. He is a lovable teddy bear, but beware because he will rip your face off. All right? Trust. On Twitter, at John K. MHH. And then one last thing here, guys. Take a, take a look at HuddleUpPod.com. Get your swag on, get a hat, get a t-shirt. This is the merch store, huddleuppod.com. Zach, we get the questions in the stream when we're live almost every single night. How do I buy merch? How do I find merch? This is the merch store, huddleuppod.com. Easy to remember. And then also, one last thing, become a supporter on Facebook. If you go to our main Facebook page, which it's not hard to miss, 90-some-odd thousand followers on that page, you'll see the big blue button that says become a supporter. It's 5 bucks a month if you click that. You get access to our premium video content. We pioneered that with Zach's show, Kelberman's Corner. Just finished episode 10 yesterday, which was phenomenal. And then we debuted the trickle zone on Saturday, which was breaking down the NFL draft in a way that is just a different flavor than what you're used to getting on these hour-long plus uh, live streams. So go become a supporter and like Anthony says, you're via Super Chat. Thank you, bro, by the way. He says, Zach, be killing it on Kelverman's Corner. If you're not a supporter, I highly recommend becoming one. Only five bucks a month. Trust me, you won't regret it. Keep uh, keep it up, Zach. Loving it. Appreciate Thank you, that Anthony. testimonial, Anthony. Appreciate it. Check's in the mail, my dog. You know what I'm saying. But Thank anyway, you, it's, uh, it's another way to support us. And if you're not in a position to do that, it's all good. We ask that you do these three things. Number one, subscribe, especially key on YouTube, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. Number two, like the video, all right? That's a small thing you can do, especially if you're on YouTube or Facebook, to help us out. And number three is the litmus test. If we're doing a good job for you, or at the very least, if you respect the effort, even if we might disagree at times, share this video out there and help us continue
0: to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you.
2: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
3: All right. Okay. Let's uh, we got, a, we got a few supers that are stacked up, John. So let me just uh, before you can, you can start uh, throwing them up here. Cause everyone's been really patient here, but Zach, the Denver Broncos inked Ronald Darby. And we got questions about Ronald Darby, the veteran corner. is entering his seventh year. Thank you, Brandon for the super chat. He says, uh, George Payton had a good poker face. I've heard nothing. We'll, we're talking about it right now. My brother, but we got to ask questions about, hey, what are your thoughts on Ronald Darby right here on the stream? Neither one of us love the move. We're not going to lie to you. We're not going to twist it and put on the orange colored glasses. That doesn't mean we're not hopeful that it works out. That doesn't mean that we don't hope and and expect him maybe to, to, to do well under the tutelage of Vic Fangio. But Zach, what was your gut reaction to the Ronald Darby move and especially the report that came out a few few different insiders, including Ryan O'Halloran of the Denver Post. I want to say Troy Rank as well, saying that he was the number one corner on his big board, on George Payton's uh, free agent big board.
1: I don't buy that, first of all. That sounds like front office or agent spin to me. How could he possibly be in this market, the number one corner uh, on Payton's big board? I'm going to make a few analogies, though. In terms of the actual signing, I don't necessarily hate the player. It's not like Melvin Gordon. I hate the contract. I think the first thing that came to mind, and I think for sure the Broncos overpaid, but it reminds me of A.J. Boye. That's the other thing. He's an off-injured corner Ronald Darby He's expensive. He's more of a cornerback two than a cornerback one. And he can be good when he's healthy and he cannot be good as well at times, you know, in, in, in past coverage, uh, when he's, when he's obviously banged up or not playing up to his standard, I thought though, you know, he's getting more guaranteed money, $19.5 million more than Joe Hayden is getting in Pittsburgh. And he's on, on the level of Joe Hayden. In my opinion, I understand the Broncos needed cornerback depth, but I think it's indisputable. They overpaid for him. They got a little desperate, A guy who's played one 16-game season in the in the in length of his career chat. That was last year. And that last season he had zero interceptions. So the Broncos need a guy who can create turnovers. And I see that, you know, he led the league or he has a lot of pass breakups. The only thing that means, he's been passed at a lot. He's been targeted a lot in coverage. I hope Fangio can make you know, lemonade out of this lemon. And I hope he's not a lemon like AJ Boye, but they better not rely on him. Like they did with AJ Boyer as a cornerback one. My first yeah. thought, Chad was mm-hmm. I was surprised at the money for sure. Yeah, I was surprised. Um,
3: First of all, whether it's true or not, I was surprised that Peyton uh, put it out there on the wire, right? To the birdies that this was our number one corner because there were some serious studs out there. I mean, put aside Patrick Peterson, put aside, Richard Sherman, I mean, William Jackson, the third, um, Xavier Rhodes. I mean, those two guys alone to me are head and shoulders. Now look, the Ronald Darby of of like the first two or three years version of Ronald Darby in the league. Now that was a guy Zach
1: I could understand maybe going out and paying some money for. I mean, he's not that type of player, though, and he hasn't been for a while. And as good as he was for Washington last year, Chad, what is the reason that they didn't bring him back? Is Was he that good where he didn't warrant a second contract? Last time I checked, they have some salary cap space as well. The fans wanted him back, but... He was kind of a failed cornerback in Philadelphia, and he rebounded last year in Washington. But to hand the guy three years $30 million, when you have Justin Simmons twisting in the wind two years in a row on the franchise tag, it just doesn't really sit right with me at all. They took care of Shelby Harris. is going in the right direction there. But we don't know Philip Lindsay's status. You know, second-round tender, original tender. A A lot of things are still up in the air. And then you go out, like last year, you have your own players waiting, Yet you hand Melvin Gordon last year eight million dollars. This year, same thing with Simmons. You hand Ronald Darby ten a year, thirty overall, nineteen five guaranteed. Way, way overpaid in my opinion. I want to grab this real quick, John
3: Um, Savage Boy Kev. This was this has been tickling the back of my subconscious ever since the Darby news broke. The Broncos, I know, at some point had a an interest, a connection. To Darby, but I don't remember what season it was, Kev. I'm trying. I'll, I'll try and uh, do my research on that. But and if anyone can remember what it was, drop it here in the chat. But yes, that. But that was the old regime. Now, look, this is supposedly uh, George Payton's show as far as making these personnel decisions. But hey, maybe John Elway threw down a few names that he liked as suggestions, and maybe this was a like-minded uh, agreement that they both could get behind Darby. Now, here's the thing. What Darby might lack in ball skills, you know, he only has in, in six NFL seasons, he has a grand total of two, five, six, seven interceptions. So he's barely averaging more than one pick per year, and picks aren't easy to come by. So it's not – I don't want to sell him too short, but he doesn't have any forced fumbles. This guy doesn't have ball skills. Whatever he lacks there, he makes up for as kind of, uh, you know, the, the non-negotiable that we hear about Vic Fangio when it comes to corners, Tackling, being willing to hit, being willing to come up and play run support—that's something that Darby Zach has no problem doing. But then the the side effect to that, unfortunately, the collateral damage is this dude has one year under his belt where he played all 16 games. So you you wonder, you know, like you said about AJ Bouye, injury concerns, and then it blows up right in their face in year one, and they had to quickly move on.
1: I hope it's not the case as to what you laid out because that would say to me that Elway still very much has power and he's still very much in charge. And I don't want Elway making the decisions. If this was George Payton's decision, that's one thing. Um But I hope that the Elway influence is kind of weaning. I just think, you know, you could have found a cornerback, Chad, who's a good tackler for five a year, six a year. You could draft a couple guys next month. You didn't have to overpay for Ronald Darby. And if he was the number one cornerback on the Broncos big board, I have to question that as well. I didn't think they should go out and sign Sherman or Patrick Peterson, but Mike Hilton's out there. You know, Mackenzie Alexander's out there. A lot of decent cornerbacks. William Jackson's out there. Troy Hill's out there from the Rams. Uh, if they wanted to spend that kind of money, they could have found a better quarterback comparable uh, salary. I, I don't know. I, I will have to wait and see how it plays out. I was excited yeah. about Boyer last year. They gave up only a, a, a mid round pick for him, but that didn't work out as well. I just don't like taking reclamation projects on and then handing that new money on top of that. The
3: one good thing about Darby relative to
1: the Boyer
3: recency bias is that he's at least, at least he's younger. He's a two, three years younger than AJ Boyer. So maybe you're still getting him in that prime window. Where you can not just salvage because I don't want to I don't want <clears throat> to come off like this dude is just some straight reclamation project. This dude has talent. Ronald Darby at one point was a very coveted young corner in the league, but he's just injuries have crushed him, and and he just doesn't have ball production. So uh, Zach, A.K.A. Burn the Guitars, good to see you, brother. Appreciate you. He says I'm happy about Shelby, but not about spending 10 million on an injury-prone corner. That's a big oof from me and Zach. To that point, you know, everyone was saying, Hey, what are your thoughts on George Payton's this far? uh, Thus far, aren't you stoked at what you've seen so far from Payton? And even as just last night, we said, Hey, let's wait till tomorrow and see what some of his actual moves bring, you know, bringing in outside guys into the organization are before we start really trying to jump to any conclusions.
1: This one just leaves, I think, almost everybody feeling lukewarm. And I'm not gonna, you know, denigrate George Payton or jump to conclusions or say he's a bad GM or failing based on this one maneuver. I wanna see how Ronald Darby plays out. But it's just kind of interesting in a bad way. The Broncos would take on an injury-prone cornerback, considering they got rid of one. Bryce Callahan's injury-prone. A saying Bass coming off an injury. The last thing you need is injury concerns in that secondary. And the Broncos welcomed one more, and on top of that, paid him ten a year, nineteen five guaranteed. It reminds me a lot again, Chad. I don't necessarily hate the player. I do not like the contract. A lot like Melvin Gordon last year.
3: Well said. Hey, man, we've got a very full room, a very, very full room tonight. Uh, just on YouTube alone, we're hovering around 500 live viewers, so appreciate each and every one of you. We're in the triple digits on Facebook as well, so thanks. Obviously, it's a high-profile high, uh, high profile day for Broncos country, day one of the legal tampering period, and the Broncos have been active. I wouldn't say it was anything crazy in terms of signing this, signing that, So. I mean, but two deals done today, plus some rumors that I want to get to here in just a moment. So welcome to each and every one of you that are with us live tonight. We appreciate you. Uh, James Boyd, thank you for that super chat, my friend. Connect with us on Twitter. If we're already connected, do me a favor and do this on, in the mentions and just remind us who you are because we like to keep tabs and follow back our superstars. He says, I hate the Derby signing. I think there was better for the price. Yeah, this this to me, Zach smacks of somebody loved Darby. Uh, I mean, you can look at the box score, you can look at his analytics with PFF, uh, you can look at the tape. What whoever was making this de- this decision, someone was pounding the table for Darby, and for what reasons? At this stage, it's it's. We don't know. I don't want to quite say it's inexplicable that it can't be explained. I mean, there are rational reasons why Darby makes some sense, but at that level, I mean, right. look, A.J. Bouye, what was it last year, Zach? They pay, they're paying him $13, 14000000 something like that. So at least you're not paying that much, but still, $10 million bucks for a corner that has had a lot of problems the last four years of his career staying healthy. I get it that he finally did get the one season under his belt where he started all 16 games. But that's the one in which you're going to go, yep, all right, now we're we're comfortable, now we're confident, let's pay him. The best predictor, Zach, of future behavior, more often than not, it's, it's not an absolute. It's That's why it's the best
1: predictor, not the only predictor. The best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. The thing with Boye, though, is the Broncos were taking on his existing contract. With uh, Darby, they're giving him new money, three years, 30. It's just a lot to me. And uh it's it's surprising that they didn't wait for another domino to fall, you know, like a Peterson, like a Richard Sherman, like a William Jackson. They were either desperate and kind of got trigger happy or they're anticipating cornerbacks lighting up the market and they locked him in for that price. We will see in the next few days, depending on what these other cornerbacks do, either the Broncos got a relative decent steal with Darby or they way overpaid. We will know in a few days time. Ben Roth, good to see you, my friend. Really appreciate
3: you. Always good to have you in the chat. He says, will Michael O.J. Mudia be the, the other starting outside corner? I'm hoping this doesn't impact potentially drafting a corner in round one, although I would love uh, Micah Parsons, a linebacker from Penn State. Um, so, yeah, like if the Broncos had to play <clears throat> football this weekend, right, let's, let's say the next game was Sunday, it, your your starters, If you if you come out in base, it's going to be – uh, Darby and Callahan. And then when you go to nickel, in comes OJ Mudia playing the boundary. Callahan kicks inside, plays the slot. So that's currently how the depth chart is poised. As far as how it affects round one, it does provide a little bit of flexibility, which is one of the things we were saying about why you need to get at least one of these corners from the free agent pool, because it does free you up to kind of be less, not so much desperate, but you know, you don't you can kind of let things come to you at pick nine if you're George right. Payton, instead of biting your fingernails hoping that Caleb Farley or Patrick Sutan or JC Horn are there. Now maybe, and he's put this out there through through the feelers, through different insiders, that one of the big reasons driving forces for the Broncos going out and landing a starting corner day one here was that they want to have the freedom to, you know, maneuver at pick nine or you know, freedom of choice, so to speak, at pick nine, hinting. For example, Zach, that quarterback is on the table.
1: Yeah, this does give them more flexibility which Peyton loves and he's left those breadcrumbs for a potential first-round trade back, but this does not nor should not preclude Denver from taking a cornerback at number 9 or any anywhere in the first round. They badly need depth and starters and role players and everything under the sun because again, Darby is an injury concern, Callahan's an injury concern, Ocean Moody is not ready to be cornerback 1 or preferably cornerback 2 next year. If they do take a corner, which I still think they will, gun to my head, let's say it's Caleb Farley number nine. He will start outside, Darby starts outside. A healthy Callahan in the slot, and Ojemudia is the depth guy behind that, the number 4 rotational, and he can grow into that role. I don't want to put too much on his plate. He was kind of uneven last year, and this is the whole reason, Chad. I feel like if they were really high in Michael O, would they have shelled out $30 million for Ronald Darby? It says to me that they're not really super confident in the the players they have on the roster right now, so there's going to be a massive influx of cornerbacks this offseason.
2: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
3: dude it would not surprise me if they sign another corner to be frank i mean just because callahan is an injury case and oj moody is still so young you just can't count on him i I don't necessarily think it's an indictment on oj moody that they're out there paying a guy like ronald darby i just think that because he's so young like even if he was a first round pick last year because he's so young you you don't know exactly where he's going to fall on the developmental curve in year two so you got to hedge you got to You know, come up with some contingencies. Let's grab Sports Crush. Appreciate the Super Chat, my friend. Uh, Welcome. That's not a name I recognize on Super Chat, so appreciate you. Connect on Twitter. Seems a little expensive for a number two corner, in my opinion. I am very high on Farley at nine. We can't trade down because Dallas will yoink him from us. Thoughts on Vaughn? Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. So, uh,
1: Zach, you start on this one, and I'll, I'll jump in. Well, what Dallas is going to do depends on what they do with their own uh, unsigned guys right now. They have Jordan Lewis and Chidobe Awuzie, two starting caliber cornerbacks, or two starting cornerbacks in general on the open market. If they bring one back, they use a second-round pick last year on Trevon Diggs. They would not probably take a cornerback at number 10 overall. They'll probably target Tackle edge rusher, interior lineman, safety. They have needs throughout that roster. I don't see them taking cornerback. So if they do move down, they could get Farley. They could get Sertan. They could get J.C. Horn. It depends how far they go, though. If they go to 20, those guys could be gone. But if they go to 12 or 13, there's a decent chance one of them will be there. I'm not in the business, though, personally, of trading back for the sake of trading back. If Farley's there at 9, I'm probably staying put and taking him. You still need another cornerback. Callahan's in a walk here coming up, Chad, and he's been injured two in the last, you know, three years. For the most part, they have to, like you said, hedge against the depth chart right now. Let's say Ojimudia crashes and burns. Let's say Bassi never comes back to what he was last year as a rookie pre-injury. Let's say Darby busts. You know, all these factors have to play into it. So, no, I would not uh passed up on Caleb Farley at number 9 because they signed Darby or because someone like Parsons is there. They badly need reinforcement for the long term and the short term and that starts with someone as high a ceiling as Caleb Farley. And remember, if you, you know, if
3: if you're Vic Fangio, a rookie quarterback is not going to help you this year. A rookie quarterback is not going to save your job. Now that's not me making the that, that's not my complete argument for saying that's why the Broncos shouldn't draft a, a round 1 Q. I'm just simply saying, if it's about winning this year, if it's about turning the ship around, I mean, ostensibly, Zach, you held on to Vic Fangio because you're hoping and expecting to win this year. And if that's the case, a first-round quarterback not named Trevor Lawrence is not going to help you do that. What would help you do that is getting the right corner, getting the right off-ball linebacker, getting an edge rusher, depending on what happens with Vaughn. And that ties into something else. Sports Crush asked us. We'll get to that here in one second. First, we got to grab dropped your pocket. Good to see you, my friend. Always miss you when you're not in the chat. We're happy to have you tonight. It says, uh, I don't get how the Chiefs have 17 bucks in cap space, but sign an O line for 80 million. But we can't sign our Pro Bowl safety.
1: There's a lot of different ways I can go with that comment. I, as I said to you, Chad pre uh, pre podcast, I'm a little. I don't know, uh, Rich Hurtado, the new Broncos salary cap guys left me a little wanting since he took over for Mike Sullivan. The contracts he structured haven't been to my liking, but the thing about the salary cap is, like I've been saying, it's a myth, and the Chiefs have shown that this year and last year when they signed all their players, but they gave you an indication. When they released both of their starting tackles coming off the Super Bowl loss, we all knew they were going to attack that position aggressively. Landing Joe Tooney, however you pronounce his name, that was a bang up move for them. That, that's a great pickup. But the contract, what was it? Five years, 80 million? It was just ridiculous money. And that because is because, again, guys, the salary cap is a myth. If you want someone bad enough, you will find a way to sign them. And I agree with the comment, Chad. There's no excuse as to why. Again, they can hand Darby 30 million, but they can't sign Justin Simmons. Now <laughs> they have to be prepared to meet his asking price at market value. People want to know what the rumor that Mike
3: Kliss passed along about the Denver Broncos being players for Leonard Floyd, what that implication is on the Von Miller front. In case you guys missed it, Kliss reported today, quote, Broncos were one of several teams who had strong interest in Rams, edge rusher Leonard Floyd. Per source, the former Fangio pass rusher stayed home for 16 million per. So Zach, how do you interpret that? I mean, tomorrow's the deadline that they're going to have to decide what to do with Vaughn. Answer that, and then we'll grab uh, Boggins here.
1: It's either that they've come to a resolution about his contract and it hasn't been announced yet, or they're planning to move on because a strong interest in an expensive edge defender, when you have to pay Bradley Chubb probably next year, and you have Malik Reed, who um, he's going to want a new contract if he balls out again— combined with the Broncos' willingness to spend today. I thought it'd be a quieter day. They signed Shelby. They showed an interest in Brett Jones from the Vikings, an offensive lineman. But that boom, that Darby deal, $30 million, guaranteed. If they have that willingness to spend and they're looking at Leonard Floyd, which they don't need as a star pass rusher when they have two right now under contract— Again, it says to me it's either done in terms of he's staying or it's done in terms of he's going. We will know though by this time tomorrow. You know what's cool? The Denver Broncos re-signed
3: Shelby at a nine million dollar APY average, but he's only going to count for four million bucks. <clears throat> excuse me, against the cap this year. And so, I mean, I'm with you in terms of the Rich Hurtado contract. Some of the deals that have been handed out, scratch my head. This Shelby one though. If that's true, and I believe it's true because it's Jason Fitzgerald of over the Cap reporting it, that's one scenario where, look, the cap is it drops by almost 20 million bucks. You know, teams have to really scramble and fit under, under the cap, and you manage to get Shelby extended for nearly 30 million dollars with the cap hit this year, only at four million. And Zach, I think just the way things are going with the, with the pandemic and the way the vaccine is rolling out there, as I mentioned last week, Uh, The Texas Rangers announced that they're opening their stadium at full capacity when their season opens. Things are starting to trend back to normalcy in that direction, which means NFL teams' revenue is going to probably, we can't count on it, but it's looking like it's at least rebound somewhat, even if it's not complete in 2021. And then that means the Broncos can afford to kind of absorb some of that money in 2022 and beyond on Shelby, a little bit more than they would Save this year. And then let me grab this from Boggins. Appreciate you, dog. Good to see you. He says, sounds like the Broncos view Darby as strictly a boundary corner with more cornerback depth addressed in the draft. It gives more flexibility with Callahan.
1: You can have flexibility, but you can't you know, predict or project an injury. And as good as he – and he played at an all-pro level last year, but unfortunately those injuries – those foot injuries are just a bugaboo for him. It does give them flexibility, but you don't want to end up doing what the Broncos did last year, which is playing your cornerbacks out of position. You don't want to see Darby kick inside. You don't want to see Callahan kick outside. You want the best guys to be playing at the best spots further relative abilities and if that works out chad uh it works out and your point about shelby harris it's the it's the only reason why right now i'm not going crazy about the derby contract i want to see the finer print i want to see the guarantee you know the the structure uh the cap pits i want to see the incentives built into this if it's a true three-year deal if it's not a three-year deal i want to see what's what before i really you know sink my teeth into it rocco
3: 420 thank you my friend good to see you he says, "What's up, guys? Mile high salute to y'all! Right back at you. What grades do we give the Shelby and Darby signing? I'm stoked for Shelby, but I don't know about Darby. A-plus. Hashtag o #Broncos A plus yeah. for Shelby. Easy. Shelby, it's it's flying colors. With Darby, you know, hmm. I'm willing to I'm willing to uh, hold off on on jumping to conclusions. But if I had to just grade it today, based on what we know about Darby, what we know about Fangio, what we know about Denver's team needs, what we know about the cap." all that stuff i got to give it like a c plus probably c plus hopefully by this time next year i'm I, we look back on this in retrospect and i'm saying no dude that turned out to be a freaking b or, or b right. plus or whatever but i can't lie to you right now
1: yeah i was going to say a c with the the ability in the wiggle room to earn some extra credit during the season and and move that grade to a B or B plus. But for for me right now, it's a definition of average. Um, It's a good, but not overly great player. And I think the Broncos, and it's pretty indisputable. I believe the Broncos overpaid for him in, in a similar way. They overpaid for Melvin Gordon last year. But again, if he works out, I'll happily eat crow. For right now though, it's a secret.
3: By the way, guys, if you see us looking down, A lot tonight it's because we're checking our phones
0: for news all right a lot of stuff's happening right now
2: this is the overtime podcast network
0: find your next truck at woodhouse buick gmc no matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling there's a premium and capable gmc truck that's perfect for you make a statement on the job site
3: Our friend Adon, aka a six foot ten Mexican on YouTube, appreciate the super, my friend. Says I agree with Zach, but hopefully the cornerback works out. We'll see. We'll see, my dog. Yep. Kr in the house. Good to see the Queen of MHH representing, and as always, off the top rope. Appreciate you, Christy. She says, "Oh man, this is a tough day for everyone. Yep. Anytime you got to pay the tax man, it's a tough day. We uh, we feel your pain." Uh, she says paid taxes today. Had to roll with ten bucks. It's all good. You, it's, we appreciate. You don't it. have to do anything,
1: Christy. We appreciate yeah.
3: any dime. Thanks for keeping us up to date on all the free agency buzz. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still uh, sweating and fearing my sit down with the tax man, which is coming here very, very soon. Um, I have a, I have a ballpark idea of what I'm looking at. It's, it's not pretty. I, I mean, even if you got to pay. 300 bucks to the tax man. You're like, damn, dude, this is money I earned. You know, and you got to
1: give it away to the. I hate that. I hate that. I had my visit already and I, I believe I told you about it, Chad. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I am I'm. turned white when they told me the number and I'm holding off. April 15th is still 30 days away. They're going to have to pry that money from my cold dead grip.
3: John Houston, good to see you, bro. Appreciate you. He says, Darby literally got burned all the time in Philly. He blows so many coverages. In my opinion, we should have got Mike Hilton. We overpaid badly for Darby. I'm not impressed.
1: Love you, John. Agree on both counts, 100%. Big Mike Hilton fan. I think he would have came cheaper, but can't change the past now, Chad. You can only move forward.
3: Cody Potter, good to see you, my brother. Longtime superstar. He says, PFF had Darby as the number, two, uh, number 32 that is free agent. I like it, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I don't think... I don't hate it. I just don't love it. So where does that, where does that put you? Right. It's, it's in like that C, C territory, C minus C, C, C plus, whatever. I know for PFF, he was ranked as the number 28 corner last season. Now, PFF grades, you guys have heard it from us before that we kind of take it with a grain of salt, but I think in the case of Darby, it's probably a pretty good indicator of where he's at. Now, I haven't sat down and watched a ton of tape yet on Darby. I will between now and and um, you know when we get to some meaningful football, but I I still I just I can't I don't love it. Good to see you on Twitch. Uh is that Derek Favretto? Good to see you, bro. Appreciate you. Simon, north of the 49th parallel, up there in Canada, proving the Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a hashtag state of being, baby. He says, I'm pumped for Shelby. Well-deserved, one of my favorites over the last years. With that money spent, if Vaughn doesn't budge on a restructure, will Kareem Jackson get cut or asked to take a pay cut? I think the ask <clears throat> has already happened. If if they've, you know, I, and I'm guessing whatever the uh, answer back was, they're like, well, he wasn't willing, KJAC, he wasn't willing to, to uh, play ball, so let's just not even fiddle with that. It seems like they're going to hold on to KJAC at his current number, That could change, but they don't have much time to to work that out. Whereas with Vaughn, the whole pitch to Vaughn is, look, we need flexibility on your contract because if you want us to rebuild this roster, if you want us to bring in some studs from around the league, you got to help us take, you know, you got to take a little bit of a step back. Even if it's not totally like giving up money that you've already been promised contractually, you're restructuring to free up money in the short term that you know you're still going to get in the long term.
1: Can you imagine if Peyton decided to keep Kareem Jackson, who really has no loyalty to the Broncos, over Von Miller, who pretty much was the Broncos for the last five Peyton Manningless seasons? Chad, if it's up to me, I'm keeping Von over Kareem any day. One is way more impactful, way more important, and not just on the field, but the locker room, the community as well. I hope hopefully they can get something worked out with both. But again, their willingness to spend today uh, says to me that they have one, if not both, of those players' decisions. Um, Wrapped up, and we will know tomorrow at some point.
3: Indeed, indeed. Uh, let's grab this super from Antonio. Good to see you, bro. And your cute, wow, little, uh, they, your cute little
1: doggy. They put the low tender on uh, Philip Lindsay, the low RFA tender per Schefter. That's surprising.
3: Hold up, RFA tender,
1: RFA tender. Let me go to over the cap real quick. And for anyone out there, that means he can sign an offer sheet, and if the Broncos don't match, they get no compensation.
3: So here's uh for, this means that Philip is about to hit the open market, guys. Right, and he's probably gone. That's what it means. Um, <laughs> gross miscalculation. Let me Ooh. show you guys. So if they keep if he if he doesn't sign if no one signs him to an offer sheet, he'll he'll make still a, he'll get a raise. Last oh, year he made 750k, um, but this year he would make 2.1 million on the original round right of first refusal tender as an RFA. But, Zach, this means the incentive – the disincentive does not exist for outside teams to go make a push and a play for Philip Lindsay. I mean, this this to me is uh, – who who reported it?
1: Schefter, Pelicero? I mean, it's legit. I'm looking at it right now. I'm actually – I was about to tweet about it. But someone – and maybe Elway still has – is wielding some power because there's someone in that front office that does not like Philip Lindsay. They don't want to give him a, a contract extension. They don't want to even place a second round tender for the difference of 1.2 million dollars when you have all that salary cap space to keep a two time thousand yard rusher, a homegrown guy, former Pro Bowl running back. Wow, that's uh, not a great move at all. I'm very much disappointed with that, and that probably means Chad Philip Lindsay is gone. This office. that that
3: is a kick in the groin. Now I understand. By the way, thank you, Dave. Appreciate you, my friend. One of our great supporters on Facebook. Uh, listen, Philip Lindsay, I understand that you're you're on the hook for another eight million on Melvin Gordon. If you hit uh, Philip with the second round tender, now you're north of eleven million dollars. You've allocated in a low cap year to the running back position. I get that's not ideal, but this is the bed you've made. And Philip Lindsay, I'm sorry. One of the most dynamic running backs in the game. Can you say that about Melvin Gordon? Is Melvin Gordon one of the most dynamic running backs in the game? Is he a threat to house it every time he touches the ball? No, he's not. Now, is he a great utility guy? Is he a, is he a bell cow type? Yeah, he can. He, you know, if you put Melvin Gordon back in a Mike Shanahan system in 02, 03, 04, this is a 1,500 yard rusher. He's he, He'll hit the hole and he'll. You know, most he'll, for the most part, stay healthy. He can catch some passes out of the backfield. He's got good size. Help you pick up the blitz, but he's not that threat that makes defensive coordinators stay up at night wondering what are we going to do on the edge because if Philip Lindsay turns the corner, we are f worded. This is it's very disappointing. I don't understand it. I can't I can't wrap my brain around that one,
1: Zach. This means that they're siding with Melvin Gordon of all people at running back. And they're siding with Pat Shermer who probably will be fired after this coming season. I'm very disappointed. And there's no really uh, another way to spin that Chad. We talk about George Payton. I'm still a big fan of his, but Darby signing kind of sour me, but the Philip Lindsay news to to skimp on $1.2 million for a homegrown stud like that. When you're dying for offensive juice and you're building up your offense, a young, uh, a guy who's bleated and, and sweat and, and, and cried for his opportunity from a six-string running back to a Pro Bowl nomination to not give him the second round 10 or not give him a measly three-point whatever million bucks. Bad move. <sighs> I know. Think about what you're actually saving, a million bucks.
3: It's not nothing, but in the relative grand scheme of things, Zach, in the NFL, I mean, it's, it's peanuts even in a cap-restricted year. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I know, Derek. Why can't we pay our own guys? That's the million-dollar question. That's the million-dollar question. Let's grab James here. Uh, thank you, James. He says, often injured. I hope he doesn't get in the way of Farley talking about the Darby uh, acquisition. Do you know the cap hit? I don't know the cap yet, hit yet, Zach, other than the APY is basically $10 million a year. I'll keep an eye on that from uh, over the cap and let you know, James, when we see that.
1: I can't get get over the reality that Philip Lindsay likely going to be playing for another team next year. All I can say is, Phil, if you're listening by some chance, I hope your next team actually values you, because the way the Broncos have handled you the last couple of years has been atrocious. And I, I truly am sorry for what you've gone through. We're always rooting for you, Phil. Always.
3: Dude, I'm seriously stunned right now. Mamet, thank you for that super chat. Appreciate you, dog. Says, "Uh, let go of Kareem and go get Keanu mm-hmm. Neal. This was a similar question we got last night. Zach, your answer for Mehmet.
1: Nah, I mean, I get rid of K-Jack, but if I'm going to upgrade that spot, I'm going to save some money. I'm going to go younger. I'm going to go higher upside. I'm probably going to fill that uh, role through the draft. Maybe Richie Grant in the second round, Jabril Cox, someone like that. I, I, w- I wouldn't want to take a gamble on uh, Keanu Neal. A very, very top rope, generous super chat
3: from Crudum. And it's been a while since we've seen you in the chat. Let me just tell you, man. Super chatter. Wow. No, we appreciate you, That's dog. Amazing. Thank you. We miss you when you're not in the chat. So welcome. Thank you. Stick around. I mean that that puts you in rarefied air with regard to the superstars. The uh, the triple digit club is rarefied air. So thank you, dog. He says, missed y'all. Been busy at work with recent promotion. Hey, congrats, bro. Um, but I still catch the pod later on after the stream. I'm excited. Shelby got his contract. Hoping Simmons gets his deal despite the tag. Thank you guys for always giving quality content. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Hashtag MHH. Thank you, Kurtum. You the man. And we share a, we share a brain with you on that, man. We're stoked for Shelby. You're wondering, look, all this funny money going around, just pay Simmons, just get it done. Just, yeah. just get it figured out, get it inked, get it executed so you can move on and put this behind you and, you know, it's similar to like Shelby, a homegrown guy. It's good for that locker room to say, "Hey, look, new GM comes in, pays a guy who paid his dues, right? Who who bled for the team, produced through adversity. That's a good, uh, it's a good success story. It's a good precedent for George Payton beginning his tenure as Broncos GM as far as credibility with that locker room. Take it another step, get Simmons locked down, figure things out with Vaughn, and you're gonna you're gonna have everyone in that locker room."
1: believe in, in George Payton. And it's also, he's getting a hell of a safety for the next three, four or five years. I mean, you're talking about a top five guy. Who's the pretty much the bedrock of Vic Fangio's defense. He can make, he can make it go around. He can play corner slot safety. He can really do it all. Both safety spots. And it's true. You want to build culture and you want to take care of your own players. And I was so encouraged when they signed Shelby Harris. I thought to myself, okay, they're taking care of their own guys. Simmons contract next. Then maybe a second round tender for Philip Lindsay. But they give Ronald Darby all that money. They don't tender Philip Lindsay. They're still haggling with Justin Simmons. It still can get done. And I think it will get done. They have until July 15th, which is what, four months from now. Exactly. But it doesn't send the message the, uh, the right way. The longer it goes, you're not going to pay your own guys who are all pros, pro bowlers, but you'll bring in outside guys. I don't want that same culture to be established this year under Peyton. People saying that we uh,
3: overvalue Lindsay, that he's basically average. Of we are. I'm, I'm sorry. Look, look, guys. All right, let me show you something here. Let me, You tell me if this is average, all right? You tell me if this is overvaluing a player. Um Here's Philip Lindsay career yards per attempt, five yards. This dude, when he touches the ball, he gives you five (laughs) yards of offense. All right. And look how relatively speaking few touches, right? 534 yards or uh, carries 4.8 yards, 2,500 rush yards. I'm sorry, dude, this is a dynamic player. When this guy touches the ball, he can take it to the house uh, every time. Now, Phil or uh, Melvin Gordon, you know, if if he gets just the perfect blocks, if that play is set up, to just the stars align. Zach, yeah, he can do it too. I mean, this guy can run a four-five, some four-six, maybe by this point in his career, forty-yard dash. Philip Lindsay, dude, can take the top off, mm-hmm. despite starting with the ball behind the line of scrimmage. This is that that guy, and I get it. He's diminutive. That's the that's been the knock on him from day one. He's only five foot eight and one hundred ninety pounds, soaking wet. I get that. But last year was the first year, despite this um, despite this reputation, unfounded as it may be, of him being injury-prone, Zach. Last year was the first year that he really had to deal with multiple injuries in a season, turf toe, uh, concussion, and then the knee. Based on his track record going all the way back to CU and as a pro – that's the exception, not the rule. The rule is this guy shows up and he's there for you 95% of the season at minimum. It's just a it's a huge mistake, especially how much this guy means to the locker room and how much this guy means to the community. I mean, it's just a very 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 dumb decision. I want to give him the uh, George Payton the benefit of the doubt, Zach, but this is just a dumb move.
1: And think about what Lindsay's done despite the last two years, the last two coordinators in Scangarello and Pat Shermer running him incessantly inside as opposed to outside, not taking advantage of his, his, his explosive skill sets, uh, like they did in 2018. And a, a comment said it perfectly. Carlos Hyde got six million bucks today on the open market. You mean to tell me that Philip Lindsay's not worth half of that? Half of Carlos freaking Hyde? You can say he's average. You can say he's injury prone. You can say anything you want. But a, a year and a half ago, before the Melvin Gordon signing, Philip Lindsay was the Bee's knees. Every Broncos fan loved the guy. Pay Phil. He's a long term answer. That he got. You know, Terrell Davis' number. He's he's bringing back the salute. And now what? He's average. He's injury prone. Let him go. Nobody cares, guys. You're gonna see. And I wish you can you could have pulled up Melvin Gordon's career yards per carry because I guarantee you it's not four point eight. And I'll tell you, uh, it's it's like three six. I'll I'll bet you a million bucks. And or in the priest. If you don't have that same explosion in the backfield, whether you want to run Freeman or Melvin Gordon or whoever the Broncos are going to pick up, Philip Lindsay is a special running back. And I watched him on goal line situations, inside, outside, no matter where he was on the field, no matter what the deficit was, the injuries, the teams he was playing, he was always battling. He was always falling forward. He was always running hard. He was always sacrificing and dying for his team every single Sunday. You show me another Broncos player that's done that, and I'll show you a Broncos player that's worthy of being around and worthy of being taken care of
3: all right well let's grab this super chat from tony g who's been waiting patiently appreciate you tony he says will there be a restructure of von's deal considering that shaq barrett resigned and did not break the bank and he's been in the top five of sacks and qb pressures i do think i don't know i'm i think if the broncos were going to release von miller would have already happened that's my deal now it doesn't I mean, it was still can't happen. It's still in the wind, right? It's still blowing. We don't know for sure which way it's going to go. My gut intuition is one way or another, Vaughn's going to be here in 2021. But the longer, the closer you inch to that deadline, the more you have to question that read. And it might be a little bit different than the way Zach sees it. But I think Vaughn, they, they've even if they just say screw it, we're, we're picking up the option. They have the cap space. They and that thirty some odd million. Uh, that they opened this free agent period with that included Vaughn's 17 and dollar salary this year. So that doesn't mean that if you sign Vaughn or pick up his option suddenly half of your 30 million is already gone. No, that 30 million in cap space plus 34 35 whatever it was, Zach, that included Vaughn. So I think he's I think they're going to find a way to keep him here even if it's just on that restructure, but
1: we'll see. We will. And I also see in the comments that uh, AJ Johnson got a second round tender. He was also an RFA. So <laughs> that's the Fangio at work, guys. You know, a guy, a defensive minded head coach who really pays little attention to the offense and he hasn't shown a proclivity to learn much about the offense. I think he wields some power in the front office and des- decision making personnel management. To give A.J. as good as he is, he's a a strict, limited, two-down linebacker, and to give him a second-round tender and let go of an offensive explosion, uh, a a centerpiece, if you will, at some point in the season, and let him go for an original round tender, I I do not know. I do not know. Indeed. All right, real quick, John, uh, as we come up
3: to about the 50-minute mark, let me just tell you where I'm at. I've got Daniel Dennis at 7.04, but in between – are many many patient supers, including uh, Muhammad again, Jesse um, I A Rosey, uh, Jake King, Drew um, Christian for th- three sixty Nate, Sam C Z, Jackie John, Rogue theories in the house, etc. So uh, we'll start with MHH resident male model Muhammad Badri. Love you, bro. He says, "I am happy we signed Shelby." Yeah, dude, that's the one thing so far through this free agency <laughs> period that I can be fully 100% yep. perfectly, absolutely uh, on board with is the Broncos got this dude signed up on a
1: long-term deal. We'll take and apparently, Chad, as Brian points out here, Melvin Gordon wasn't 3.6, he was 4.1. So almost you know, I'm over over a full half-yard carry difference. And the point remains, Philip Lindsay was always doing way more with way less than what Melvin Gordon got, and they gave him all that money for his pass catching. Well, if you threw the ball to Philip Lindsay, he can catch passes. If you want to run him on goal line, he can run on goal line. Just watch the film instead of listening to the narrative. I'm still heated about this. I do not like what the Broncos are doing. Potentially losing, if not probably losing, Philip Lindsay can't get over it.
3: <sighs> indeed, indeed, um, John. While uh, while you grab the next feed, let me let me grab Daniel here, who says, "Thank you, Daniel." He says, "If the Broncos won the locker room with, Shel- with with the Shelby signing, they just doubled back and said, screw the locker room and the fans'
4: with Lindsay." Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. Paid for by America first legal.
3: I know dude, it's mixed messages. I think it's a gross miscalculation. I mean, it's not going to be the end of the world if the Broncos lose a running back, but to me, Philip Lindsay means more to this team than just simply a guy that totes the rock. I mean, we've already discussed what he does on the field and how we perceive that value that he brings to the team. But what he does, what he represents is that homegrown, true blue Denver Broncos success story born and raised in Denver, you know, original homegrown guy that signed with the team, didn't get drafted, but signed with the team out of college. Then he goes on and blows away multiple NFL records, makes a pro bowl, a couple thousand yard rushing seasons. And it's not going to take all the money in the world to resign this dude. And you're letting him twist in the wind. And now you basically just said, Hey, uh, you know, go out and uh, here's hit the open market. Because Zach, if a team comes in and says, look, because obviously the Broncos just telegraphed that they're not willing to pay more than two point one million dollars for Philip right. Lindsay this year. So if a team comes in and says, "Here's two point five million for you know two years," you know, here's a five million dollar two year deal, goodbye, he's gone. They're not going to match that. Maybe they will, but I'd, I think they spoke loud and clearly with this uh, with this news.
1: Well, ML here thinks he he got us by by saying that uh, Lindsey's replaceable and to relax. Listen, ML, every player is replaceable in the NFL unless your name is Patrick Mahomes. And you know what? There'll be a quarterback however long from now that comes out and is just as good as he is. He is replaceable, but what message does it send when you're getting rid of Lindsey more than likely? You won't pay Simmons, but you'll bring an outside talent and you're probably letting go of Von Miller as well. So your homegrown guys, the guys who fans best associate with the Denver Broncos, you haven't shown a an interest in preserving, but you're quickly willing to shell out outside money to players that have no emotional or physical connection or professional connection to Denver, it doesn't send the right message to me. That's my opinion. Anyway, that's how I look at it.
3: Jesse, thank you for the super chat, my friend. We got to reverse engineer it because the chat is just so hot and heavy tonight. He says, my guys, uh, what's Kareem, Simmons, Vaughn, what's the timetable for them? So the Vaughn thing and the Kareem thing, that's tomorrow. Simmons they have till July to come up with a, a multi-year deal. Uh, Lindsey, now he's just in the wind, dude. I mean, he's hes twisting. He can It's all dependent now on if another team is going to make a play for him, and I guarantee you it's going to happen. I'll guarantee it right now. If it's not the Patriots, it's a team that has yes. a proven system that's already in place with a quarterback, a plug-and-play scenario in which you can just say, here you go. Off to the races, here's a one of the most dynamic offensive weapons in the NFL on the relative cheap because even if your offer sheet is just $2.5 million, I mean, that's to me, I know he's been making peanuts, but to me that's cheap for what value Philip Lindsay brings to an NFL team.
1: I can see him signing with the Raiders and being like a 1-2 combination with Josh Jacobs. I can see him going to New England considering they're signing literally every player that exists today. I can see him going to San Francisco and blossoming in that Kyle Shanahan elite run blocking scheme. He can go to a lot of places. He's he's pretty scheme versatile in the fact of how you want to use him. If you want to use him as a weapon, he can be a very impactful weapon. If you want to play him like a an inside Freeman type, he's not going to do much for you, but some coach out there, if they do sign him and the Broncos do refuse to match that offer, they will be getting a very good, if not potentially great, running back. It's going to give them a 1,000-yard season if they give him that opportunity. Jake King,
3: thank you for the super chat, my friend. It means a lot to us. Really do. Appreciate you, my dog. Zach, we also got one here from a newer name we don't recognize. I, I'll just say I. Um, hey, Rose. But- there you go. A-Rose. All right. Love First it. live stream in a while. Thank God for Spotify. Appreciate all the work you guys do. Hashtag Broncos country. Hashtag SBNGF. Don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to interpret that. Zach's usually my uh, SB know, Nation girlfriend. Of stone. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Doug. Um, Clarify if you want. Appreciate you. Uh, Drew in the house, going to be on the show a week from tonight. Looking forward to that. He says, the more I think about the Darby move, the less I like it. Another overpaid, underproducing, injury-prone corner. How are you feeling about George Payton now, Broncos country? I don't say that with any kind of – I'm like curious. Now, what are your thoughts? We're seeing dominoes fall, right? RFA tenders. AJ gets second round, Phillip gets short shrift with an original round, go out and sign Darby, brought back Shelby. Tell us what your thoughts are now on, on George Payton. But Zach, it's uh it's a little alarming. It's a little alarming, I'm not gonna lie.
1: Uh K Jack's not getting picked up as option. God, there's so much news coming out. Is that I see some uh, comments and I, we told you guys it, it probably meant if the Broncos were spending like this, it probably meant that there's decisions that they've already made. And uh, Kareem Jackson, it's looking like uh, his option wasn't picked up. And if that's the case, you just freed up another 10 million bucks
3: on the cap. Uh, Christian, good to see you, bro. Appreciate you. Hey guys, makes me kind of mad. We paid Darby 10 million before we can pay Justin Simmons. And Peyton only has till tomorrow to decide on Vaughn. We just learned about Kareem. It'll be interesting. Indeed. Indeed. Indeed, let's talk about the Kareem thing. Could this be a uh, foreshadowing of him just re-signing at a lower deal, or do you think this was straight up cut and dry?
1: Thanks for everything. Goodbye. I think it sounds like they said Kareem, we want you to take a pay cut. Kareem said, "No, I will not." And they said, "Okay, well, we're going to release you then." I—that's th- I, a pure guess on my part. We're literally podcasting right now, so we can't get to the news. But I- I'm kind of glad if this is the case. It kind of boost up George Payton stock in my book because I did not think Kareem Jackson was worth keeping around at his current figure. He was really a one-dimensional safety last year, good in run support, but pretty awful in coverage. The Broncos can do a lot better with that money, Chad. $10 bucks is a lot. They can sign two guys or one premium guy with that money they just cleared from one player, or they can put it to Von Miller and keep the future Hall of Famer around. But I think if this is the truth, if they move on completely and the ties are severed, I actually like this move. You have to get younger and better at that spot. You're devoting money to Justin Simmons more than likely, either on the franchise tag or a long-term deal. You can't pay two high-priced safeties and Darby on top of that. So I like it.
3: That was my phone ringing. Nick Kendall, we got so much so much news coming out. Nick Nick or helping us organize what content to grab while we're live since the news is hitting the wire big time. Uh he'll he's going to grab the uh, Kareem Jackson news for us. take over. Good to see you, bro. Appreciate the super chat. Always great to have you. Um we got some uh we got some comments coming in. Uh we got Christian. Okay, we did get Christian. John, what about um, the 360 Nate? Uh, Should I reverse engineer that? And then Sam and Jackie as well. I can – he's got him. He's got him pulling up. John is clutch, dude. All right, here he is, the 360 Nate. Thank you for that super chat. Connect on Twitter. If Darby's injury history is concerning, then shouldn't Farley's injury uh, be concerning as well? Farley's talent is undeniable, but his injury history is a huge red flag for me. Yeah, dude, it's a red flag. I wouldn't say it's, like, huge. Um, let me uh, let me pull up his college football reference and um, remind myself exactly what. 2018, 2019. Let me, let me circle back on that. But, yeah, it's a, it's a red flag. No, no, yeah, I mean, it's you can't get around that. Any player that comes to the table with an injury history of any sort, whether if it's a season ender, if it's knee, if it's ankles – Those are red flags for sure.
1: Yeah, and especially if it's at a position that you've already been beat up at the last couple years, it's a definite red flag, and that's why I'm surprised the Broncos went in that direction. We can only hope, though, that the magical abilities of Lauren Landau preserve Darby and everyone else's uh, health for this coming season. I'll hold my breath, though. All right, we got one here from Sam, another newer name on Super Chat. Welcome, thank you.
3: What's the latest about adding a veteran quarterback to compete with Locke? If they bring in a veteran... Does that more or less reveal whether Peyton's going to draft a quarterback in round one? Hash, uh, go, go, Drew Luck. No news. I haven't heard one peep on the quarterback front today. Now that's probably more a sign that it's the calm before the storm, <clears throat> because you just freed up a ton of money right. with uh, with with Kareem. You saved a million bucks on on Philip. You got to figure that there's a plan to use that money, right? What's it going to be? Probably a quarterback.
1: I feel like exactly. I feel like there's another domino about to fall here. It could be Vaughn staying. It could be Simmons getting his long-term contract. It could be someone like Andy Dalton scoring a multi-year deal from Denver as well. I haven't heard anything, but I did see a tweet from, I believe it was Jeremy Fowler who said Andy Dalton's likely to leave Dallas because he's getting other offers where he could start or be in a position where he could see starting opportunities. And that second, option that definitely fits the Broncos. So they will bring aboard a quarterback and these moves they're making right now could be preceding that acquisition.
3: Man, <clears throat> I'm just trying to still wrap my brain around some of these moves that have, I that have just happened. It's a pot um, on the fly tonight. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. While John's pulling up uh, this great super from Jackie, let's grab it. Appreciate you, Jackie. Cutler is the best quarterback we've ever drafted. Potential magic with Shanahan was wasted in Chicago. We had our first round picks, still no wins. Go get Watson. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to admit of, of all the quarterbacks drafted up to this point by the Broncos, because remember, John Elway was not drafted by the Broncos. Peyton Manning, as we all know, not drafted by the Broncos. Probably Jay Cutler was the best original Bronco drafted Quarterback, But I still, I'm still, like I said, to me, the jury's still out. The book is unwritten right. on Drew Locke. And depending on some of these fateful decisions the Broncos make right now in these coming days and, and weeks, that uh, could and will determine how that story at least gets written in Denver for Drew.
1: And I agree with you, and I think there obviously still has so much potential upside. But in terms of Kareem, real quick, Chad, from Mike List, they did try to restructure his contract before the deadline for a $1.5 million guarantee option and a $10 million salary. It couldn't be worked out to the Broncos like we just said, uh, decided to say, uh, let you hit free agency, and uh, that's that. No decision yet on Von Miller, but Kareem is gone. Gone, gone.
3: Yeah. Well, it's too bad. I mean, look, I... I know there's some at MHH who disagree with this premise, but I think it was pretty uh, palpable that Kareem took a step back in 2020 oh, from yeah. what he did in 2019. Oh, yeah. Who would even disagree with that? It's evident if you just watch the film. doesn't Trust mean he was eyes. bad. He wasn't bad, all right? But there were a few games, man, where you're like, really, Kareem? There I were mean, times he... where he was terrible in coverage, yeah. Dude, even in run support, do you remember that Sam Darnold 40 <laughs> yard touchdown? I mean, made Justin <laughs> Simmons yeah. look shameful and Kareem for just lack of effort. Terrible angle on a quarterback. We're not talking Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Ugly, yep. uh, John Houston. Thanks, bro. Honestly, Peyton buckled and got scared. We still are taking a corner in round one. Our corner room still looks sad with Darby. They took him off his. They took him off his speed. He ran a four three. Oh, they they signed him based on his speed. He ran a 40 uh I think if they sign if they signed Darby for anything, Zach they signed him for his scheme fit for Fangio, and i don 't know how smart that is because Fangio might not be here next year,
1: yeah they didn't sign him for his production in terms of interceptions or turnovers because we know that you know he didn't uh perform much last year in that department they didn't sign him for his uh dependability or his health because he didn't he hasn't performed well in that department either. I think either Peyton, again, he's either sensing there's going to be an explosion in terms of the cornerback market, or he did panic a little bit and wanted to lock his guy in now. Maybe Darby had competing offers, but Chad, I don't know about you, I have not heard one peep about him or his market before the Broncos signed him. So it could be a little bit of an impulsive move to give him all that money that quickly.
3: Now safety is in big need. You got Simmons this year for sure, provided he doesn't hold out, which I doubt he will. But Will Parks, free agent. Kareem now gone. Uh, suddenly, safety is a big need for the Denver Broncos. The only guy you've got to hang your hat on is Trey Marshall. That's it. Uh, Bryce Parisian. Parisian, Cool name. Thank you, my friend. Only thing worse than losing Lindsey would be losing Vaughn. We must keep him. All we can do is stay positive. Talking to the chat. Can't wait for football to be back. Yeah, stay positive.
1: Keep your fingers crossed. Hope for the best. I, I got to give Peyton the, the benefit of the doubt. I don't think he would decline the options of two starting players, Chad. I, I Maybe I'm being overly optimistic, but I happen to think letting Kareem Jackson go is a prelude to picking up Von Miller's option or at least coming to terms on a new contract. I find it hard-pressed to think he's letting two of his you know bigger star players on defense walk away. Rogue Theory, Josh, good to
3: see you, bro. Super glad to see Shelby sign, not so much about Darby. That said, I'd like to see us uh, be just as aggressive with picking up Farley and keeping Vaughn. Hashtag Deborah Broncos for life. Well said, my friend. I cannot disagree with that. Um, let's grab Broncos 58 Goat as a diehard fan on Twitch. Not really sure that the Broncos are doing Shelby a good move. Uh, Darby was not a good move. Phillip, no respect from the Broncos, and Simmons needs to get paid. I feel like Elway is still making the decisions. I don't know, man. This to me is like, I don't know, man. Elway kind of held on to his veterans, even the ones that were overpaid for the most part. I mean, there's a, there are a few exceptions, but I don't know. I kind of feel like off balance a little bit now with what to expect from George Payton.
1: Yeah, I, I do as well. And we have to just let it play out a little more. It's just the first day of legal tampering. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but... Um... It's not. I don't know. It, I thought it'd be more encouraging after today than it's been so far.
3: Forty six M F. Uh, Forty six M fan four zero six. So up in Montana. If Lindsay goes to the Patriots, I'll lose my mind. Hashtag payfill. All right, John, throw that one up. I feel you. I feel you, dude. I really do. Uh, Daily charms. Another newer name. Thank you. Welcome. I just tuned into this chat. Love this channel. Where do we stand uh, with the linebacker from
1: Minnesota, Eric Wilson? Have you heard anything today, Zach, on the Eric Wilson front? No, from either the Vikings standpoint or the Broncos standpoint. He's a second wave kind of guy, and it's surprising because you still have, as far as I know, the bigger players out there, like Peterson, Sherman, Kenny Galladay, the receiver, they haven't got their deals yet. It's going to be a slow developing market up up until Wednesday and through Wednesday, but no, Eric Wilson, I have not heard a peep on. Michael Tindori, Tindori, appreciate the super, my dog. Uh,
3: Let's not get too down, guys. Hopefully, we keep Vaughn. I truly believe Philip is going to stay. AJ is pretty good. We've filled needs and kept Shelby. You filled needs and then created needs. That's what you've done. So you filled a need with Shelby. Good job. You filled a need with Darby. Good job. Whatever. Then you created a need because Philip's probably gone now, and you just cut Kareem. So – Right. You're you're now still at zero in terms of steps forward. You took two forward, then you took two back. So I don't know, dude. It's uh, we'll see how this puzzle fits together
1: when it's all said and done. That's a great point, and I I wholeheartedly agree with that. It's uh it's a lateral day overall for the Broncos. Two forward, two backward. Square one. We
3: got John Houston. Appreciate you again, my friend. Darby's contract equals the Juwan James contract two hashtag. Hey, Phil. I feel like I'm not quite willing to go
1: there with you, though, my dog. There's just so many. There's the Juwan James, the the Melvin Gordon, you know, all, all the Ronald Darby deal, all these big time contracts the Broncos have given out that I haven't been. The Graham Glasgow, 44 million over four years, 11 million per. Again, it's a lot of Elway, a lot of Rich Hurtado, but there's someone in that building chat that just loves just throwing out fun coupons everywhere. Uh, Daniel, thanks again, buddy. He says Darby feels
3: like an Elway or Fangio move. I really hope the structure gives the Broncos some outs after one year, hoping this is the low point this season, and then I think that's where, yeah, this season, yeah, dude. There's, yeah, and then here's this other super we got with the with the Shelby and the Lindsey deal, But, yeah, dude. It's, I don't know. Peyton put out that the Darby move was him; it was his number one corner on the board.
4: But I agree. As
3: I was writing the article, I'm like, this to me, it smacks of Fangio's fingerprints on another corner that he coveted uh, that he's probably liked for a few years
1: and been keeping his eye on. And it smacks of letting Philip Lindsay go and giving a second round tender to A.J. Johnson, the linebacker. Uh, Fangio might wield more power than we, we know in that Broncos front office. It might be that Peyton is deferring to Fangio because he's been around. And maybe Elway said, listen, listen to Vic. He knows what's going on. And We just don't know for sure. These are all guesses, but it seems like, like you said, Fangio's fingerprints are all over these Broncos moves thus far.
3: All right, let me grab uh, Michaela. Good to see you, my friend. Appreciate the generosity as always. She says, I don't know about you, but I feel betrayed by my Broncos. I will miss Lindsay and Miller. You have players that gave so much and you won't take care of them. I get it, but hold on one second, Michaela. Forgive us for being a little emotional off the cuff tonight with some of these moves as they're happening in real time. Even though we're telling you we think Lindsay's probably gone, he's not gone yet. They did tender him. So who knows? Maybe it's Zach and I. We're the ones smoking crack, and no NFL team out there is gonna see any value in Lindsay and he doesn't get an offer sheet. And he ends up coming back and playing on a $2.1 million tender. And, you know, you move onwards and upwards. I don't think so, but we'll see. Until that time comes,
1: you know, don't get, don't get, go, don't, don't go too far down the rabbit hole. And you know, I'm thinking about it now. Can we be so surprised, though, given the way Lindsey has has spoken this offseason, Chad? His interviews—it's not been the same Philip Lindsey. I mean, he's come out and bashed his coaching staff. He's bashed his fellow teammates subtly. He's pined for more playing time, and he gave a serious XM uh, interview last week where he literally said publicly, "These were his words." I don't know what more I can do to prove myself. I think for him, the writing has always been on the wall that he's not long for Denver. And if that's the case, to damn shame.
3: Royal, good to see you, my friend. It's been a minute since we've seen you in the chat. So welcome and thank you, my, my friend. Good. And by the way, we got to rapid fire these remaining great superstars because we're, uh, we're out of wow. time and we got oh, a lot quick. to get to. Hour and 11. Wow. Royal. Could it be that the value of running backs are easily replaced in rounds two and four and that those backs come in and have produced in the past couple of years? Although I do agree and will miss Lindsay. Yeah. I mean, this is not us saying that running back position, generally speaking, is not a replaceable position. It is. It's one of the most, you know, it's, it's one of the easiest positions to replace, but at the same time, Zach, those truly dynamic players at the position Those are the ones you cherish. Those are the ones you hold on to. Those are the ones that you actually pay and give a second contract to. And I'm still of that
1: opinion that Lindsey is one of those, one of that ilk. I mean, you can argue, you know, he's injury prone, which I don't agree with. You can argue he's not the best pass catcher or pass blocker but I think it's indisputable considering what he's given the Broncos 4.8 career yards per carry, 2000 yard seasons, a pro bowl nomination. Is he worth at least three point, whatever million dollars? Is he worth another 1.2 million? Not saying give him a four or five year contract, not saying pay him like Ezekiel Elliott, but how about a little carrot, a little reward, throw him a little bit of a bone for what he's done for this organization the last couple of years. And not only that, they're not doing that. They're not investing in him. They're, they're actually pushing him out the door and siding with the likes of Melvin Gordon and Pat Shermer, two individuals who have no connection to or stake in the Broncos the last couple of years beyond last season.
3: Jeff, thank you, buddy. Why did Vaughn post a dead man in his jersey? Adios?
1: I haven't seen it. I just took a quick look at his Instagram. Was it on Twitter? It was Instagram. It was a guy in a funeral look like, I don't know if it was related to Vaughn. I think it was a random Broncos fan. He was being buried in a Vaughn Miller jersey. Little Mm -hmm. little bit of a um, interesting choice for social media for Vaughn, but I don't Mm -hmm. think that was a sign that he was going anywhere. I think it's just kind of him flexing that in some morbid way that a a dead person was wearing his Jersey, you know, in the casket. But
3: yeah, it was weird. I agree with John. It was still sick and morbid. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Dale. Wow. Thanks, bro. Thank you so much, brother. Thank we'll you. Know. Uh, we love you. You know, we appreciate you. He says, I just got in, but some great news for the Broncos. I think Darby is going to be more effective in Fangio's scheme. I hope we work it out with Kareem. Good work, guys. That was probably – he's been waiting a minute till we got this super. So, yeah, Kareem, Gonzo. But, uh, uh, hey, interesting to hear that D-Dub, he's rubber stamping Darby. And I hope it's true. I hope it's – I'm Me inclined too. to trust Fangio because, look, A.J. Boyer before he got – the uh, shoulder and then, of course, a concussion and then the suspension, you know, that initial couple of couple of quarters, I guess, against Tennessee. He was looking good when he came back from the shoulder. He looked good for a couple of games. Then he got the concussion. And that was a guy Fangio coveted for the scheme fit component. So I'm guessing that Darby's that same guy. So now you're just praying he stays healthy.
1: Listen, I'm under reserve judgment the same way I did for Melvin Gordon uh, last offseason. I said, I do not like this contract. I think the Broncos overpaid, but I'm willing to see what he can do to try to justify that. If Darby goes out there and performs like a high-end cornerback too, Hopefully, preferably, I will be the first to say, listen, at $10 million per, I think the Broncos got a good deal. But if he goes out there and doesn't force turnovers like usual, gets injured, gets burnt, goes back to the pre-2020 Ronald Darby, I'm going to say the Broncos did overpay, and they probably were desperate, and they pulled the trigger way, way too early. Tony D.A. Dub
3: from Discount Audio and Wheels out there in Los Angeles. Good to see you, bro. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you. He says, uh, you have to cut uh, Jackson... Because Simmons is getting paid, uh, now he has to groom the next guy coming up and sign a cheap veteran. It's the correct move. Thanks, KJ. Go Broncos. Yeah, dude. Listen, I'm not like I'm not shedding too many tears over the Kareem thing. I'm not. I agree. It's just, a move. It's just the fact that you just created another need. And are you prepared? You got to hope and assume that they are that they have a plan in place to fill that need because it's not Trey Marshall. We know that. Right.
1: Yeah, I think the, I agree with this. I, I'm not wild about Lin, uh, Lindsey. Obviously, I'm not wild about Ronald Darby, but moving on from Kareem Jackson at the, at the salary he was going to pull in was 100% the right move. If they want to resign him back for a cheaper deal, that's fine. But if they want to get younger and they want to get cheaper and they want to have a player that has higher upside and longer longevity in this system, in this defense, and it was the right move by George Payton, 100%.
3: We got Peter... Terranova in the house. Thank you, Peter. Make sure you connect with us on Twitter so that we can shout you out after this show, my friend. Uh, he says, Fantio's defense is tough and there is a learning curve with no OTAs. It makes me nervous for anyone to step into Kareem's role. I am hoping for the best. Yeah, I feel you, dude. It's a concern, but again, the way the whole pandemic thing is trending, it feels like things are, are moving in the right direction and, I uh, I'm not as optim or uh, pessimistic, excuse me on on OTAs as I was when the season ended. It feels like by the time you get there in a, in two months, good chance that you're going to be able to have some kind of a uh, you know if you create a scenario where the players come in a week early, they go through all the testing so they and and they stay on campus so that you know while they're in camp, you know they're not exposing anyone, then you're good.
1: First of all, what is Kareem Jackson's role? To be really good in run support, to make K-Jack TV, and to be bad in pass coverage? I mean, the Broncos can find that guy anywhere. At at whatever he was making, Chad, $10-11 million salary cap figure, it's way too much money for an aging player who's become one-dimensional. He's the 2021 version of Darian Stewart, a once really good safety that's fallen off pretty fast. And in this business, it's always better... Like Belichick has proven for many years now to move on from a player a year too early and not a year too late. And that's what they're doing with Kareem Jackson. I, as well as Dale, like he said previously, I rubber stamped this move on Kareem Jackson, not so much Darby, but Jackson.
3: Cody. Thanks brother. If someone doesn't like Lindsay, why don't they just cut him? If they don't even tender him in the second round, then why keep him? Don't do him like that. Hashtag RIP 30. I feel you. It's a frustrating move. Like (laughs) I get it. In the NFL, you don't pay guys for services rendered, right? When you actually pay someone, it's based on future projection, what you're expecting to get in return. But in the case of Philip Lindsay, man, he has been played by this team. Right. Yeah, the GM last year say, yeah, we're going to take a hard look at getting him an extension. And then they went out and paid freaking Melvin Gordon. And then everything that's happened in the interim, like if I'm him, I want out of Denver, dude, get me the heck yeah. out of here. I'm praying. I'm telling my agent, dude, call around and find an offer even if it's $1 more than the original round tender. Get me out of Denver. Here's Jeff saying, Lindsay never had a fumble and we give him an original round tender. They don't value him. He gone. It's disappointing.
1: Yeah. And you know what? Like you meant, I was going to say what you just said. The Broncos have been playing him and they've been doing this to him for a while now. It's not just this offseason, but if I'm his agent as well, I believe he has Brian McCartney, one of the better agents in the NFL. I, I hope he goes on to a better team and he has more of a role. And I wish him nothing but the best. But if I was him, I would take a penny more or a dollar more to go to an AFC West club, you know, like the, the Chiefs or the, the Chargers, the Raiders to stick it to Denver twice a year. That would be my next thing, but maybe I'm more petty than he is. All right, we got two more, it looks like, and then we got to dip on out. Mr. Castillo,
3: good to see you, bro. He says, it's way too early to judge Peyton as a GM. Give him at least until after the draft to see what his vision is. Calm in the storm until you see it hit the shores. Nothing will matter if Locke isn't putting in the work. Yeah, but uh, good points. And I think so far what we've heard in this offseason is that he is putting in the work. He's been at the building every single day putting in that work absorbing the scheme, what he couldn't absorb last year because, you know, a good portion of the entire playbook of Shermer did not get installed because they didn't have time. So hopefully he's uh getting that stuff now. You know
1: what? As as um, depressing as this podcast has been, it's been so nice not making it a quarterback podcast. Not Drew Locke talk, not Deshaun Watson talk, but really quickly I saw on Twitter that Jameis Winston – this is pertaining to the Broncos in a sense – Jameis Winston re up with New Orleans one year, 12 million bucks. So if you think the Broncos are going to be in the market for a quarterback, which they will, that could be around the floor or around the market value of an Andy Dalton or of a Fitzpatrick or whoever they sign, somewhere in that range.
3: Yep. Dave Vega. Good to see you, bro. Appreciate you. This may very well be the shakeup that we need. We have Levante Bellamy, Lindsey Light. Get Parsons in the first, grab the safety Richie Grant in the second, some corners and offensive tackles later. I feel you. Uh, I mean, there's no guarantee you're going to get Richie Grant, though, in the second round. There are some other safeties. In fact, Eric Trickle has a video that's that's publishing on YouTube at, uh, in 18 minutes that's going to list three guys to look at early that are some of the names maybe you, you haven't heard a lot about. Let's, so check that out. But it's now in big-time need. It's a massive hole now, Zach.
1: So buckle up and – We'll see how uh, George Payton plans on filling it. I disagree with calling Bellamy Philip Lindsay light. Philip Lindsay is way more talented than Levante Bellamy, but a second round option could be Paris Ford uh, at safety for the Broncos. I think Grant goes in the first round ultimately, but maybe the Broncos trade back into round one. They pick up an extra pick. They might move back up into the first. You never know with George Payton, but yeah, now safety becomes a definite round one or round two need. Um, all right, real quick before we get out of here, John, I know you mentioned
3: that Antonio was saying that we missed one from him, but I only see the one about him talking about Vaughn. So and I went all the way back to the beginning. So I don't know if we if we did end up missing one, uh, An- Antonio will will of course find a way to make it up to you. And we can't get out of here without giving a shout out to our great supporters on Facebook uh, and those who are doing the stars. look right here, Ian. Brett. Uh, We got uh, Brad, Benjamin, Randy, Ty, Nick, all you guys, man. Thank you so much for the support. Each one of those stars, it adds up. It all supports the cause. We love you. We appreciate you. But Zach, we got to go because there's so much work to be done. Uh, We got to cover this news. We got to get to what's happening, get it out to our social media channels and let all the fans know. I mean, it's a lot happening right now. So thanks to each and every one of you for spending some time with us and, Zach, as you sign us off here, you know, we're off tomorrow night, but we'll be back Wednesday. And by then, man, I I shudder to think what kind of uh, tectonic changes could, could be occurring between now and then.
1: Yeah. I mean, it could be a new quarterback, could be some trades happening. The Broncos are not done making moves. And I think the next one that could fall will be Von Miller because a call has to be made on him by tomorrow. Now that Kareem Jackson is solved, we'll know tomorrow and we'll go knowing into the podcast on, uh, Wednesday, knowing what, how the Broncos stand, what they look like. We will see you then, though, guys. Be sure to keep it locked to mylihuddle.com for all the content we're going to put out our social media channels. Thank you, Mo, as always, the MHH male model. We appreciate you as always. We will, though, see you guys Wednesday night, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. Take care. And as always, go Broncos.
2: You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.
4: Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl.